get the best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO. Birds of Tokyo headlining this great lineup for the State of the Art Music Festival on the Australia Day long weekend. There's hip hop from Downside, there's uh, Black Eyed Seasons legend Rob Snarsky, and these guys, Birds of Tokyo, Adam and Glenn, welcome. Hello, thank you. How are you going? Good. Good, mate. Uh, can you tell us, has there been a highlight in your career so far? I'm sure I saw you on a US talk show. Yeah, that, that uh, one of the TV ones is pretty good. Um, it was, there was a funny one. We played this morning TV show in Dallas. It was like Good Morning Texas or something like this. <laughs> yeah. And it was really weird because it was um, this studio with really no one in it. Um, we're playing from this big glass window or whatever out into the streets of Dallas or whatever it was. And that, like the headliner guy of the show was this juice guy and he was an Australian guy. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah. wow. It was re- yeah. It was really nice. Um, he was a really nice dude, and he's like travels around the world, you know, preaching his um his healthy juice stuff or whatever, and yeah. it's all green, and he, ma- he was making us these juices, and it was just so weird and surreal. It was like seven in the morning, freezing cold or whatever, and we're playing in this big town square thing or whatever on the TV, and, and we're sort of sitting there with this Aussie dude feeding us these green juices, and he was, you know, he was a really nice dude. It was just weird. <laughs> it was very weird. That sounds like a, <laughs> a bad dream. <laughs> Is that guy like really small with a bald head? Uh, no, he was actually no. quite a tall... No, he's tall, tall, guy, with tall guy with long hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably, probably the same guy, though. He was, he was actually Gandalf. <laughs> All right. He's wearing a wig. Now, uh, guys, I've seen you play a few times, but the last time I saw you was with Muse when you guys were the support act. That was just a massive gig. You were amazing. But Lanterns took on a whole new experience for us as fans. I, I, in a way, I don't want to ruin the majesty, but... Does it all look the same to you? Because now when you're gigging, everyone gets their phones out. Or was that particular day at the arena something special? That night at Perth Arena, that was a moment. That was um, mm. that had definitely hadn't been like that before. It was, you know, kind of one of those ridiculous kind of moments where you you sort of stop playing properly because you you're just kind of looking around, um, and it really kind of belittles you in the best possible way. Um, you know. Um, you're on stage in this big arena with this big sound doing all this sort of stuff and all of a sudden you feel like the size of an ant because what's going on around you is so much bigger and more powerful. We didn't plan that. We didn't expect that. But it was just, yeah, that was that was definitely a... a is is that the green that juice one. as well? Yeah. <laughs> was he bald? <laughs> Well, the green juice guy was there, yeah, yeah. He was when he started. He started the uh, turning the phones. Oh, the sweet. Yeah. He's your new mascot. <laughs> we have spoken before. We were talking about big gigs, about that 2013 AFL grand final. Hard to believe that's approaching two years. But I just wanted to dispel rumours about the new EP. Anchor is nothing to do with, uh, like Eskimo Joe had a crack at a new Frio Dockers theme song. It's nothing to do with that, right? No, no, it's not. <laughs> We've got a very staunch Collingwood supporter in the band. Yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. It's not. Can I ask you guys, the longer you work together, do you believe that you get better? I think so. Um, I think if we didn't feel like that, we probably wouldn't keep doing it. You know, whether other people think that outside is, you know, is is whatever, it's a different story. But I think we've been doing it for a while now and you're sort of, you're constantly learning and constantly sort of like, sort of seeing new strengths and, you know, new ideas and new little mini relationships within inside this sort of structure that sort of come and then they fade away and change into something else. That's one of the things I guess keeps driving us. Hey guys, uh, we're loving this Anchor EP. We look forward to hearing more, but we're going to see you back in Perth. The long weekend, we love a good long weekend, but the State of the Art Music Festival is going to be a great one to headline. Awesome, yeah, we're looking forward to getting home and playing. It's been a long time since we played there, I think. Can't wait to see you guys. Thanks, boys. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, man. It's almost hard to believe. Quite surreal seeing the front of today's West at uh, eight years after her tragic murder. Corin Rainey's face is on the front of today's West Australian with the call of a cold case review. The Police Commissioner, Carlo Callahan's on the line. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning, guys. Carl, can I ask you how many homicide detectives we have in the Perth metropolitan area? 
Well, look, all detectives in the Perth metropolitan area are capable of doing homicide work. There are some people inside the major crime squad who specialise in some of the more complex ones, but there are a lot of other generalists out there who do uh, these sorts of investigations all the time and, and across the state. Are you surprised that eight years on that there has been, I don't know whether you've got clues or not, but it, it seems as an outsider looking in that we have no idea? Look, I mean, there are always leads to follow in these things, and that's one of the reasons we're having a cold case review to see whether the forensic material and any of the evidence will can sort of reveal further avenues to explore. These cases are very complex, and there's been a number of them in Western Australia, and there's always potential for new material to turn up. Well, and also, too, Carl, you're saying that you're going to have independent, uh, I guess, new people working on it, so people who haven't already looked at the case, so maybe a set of fresh eyes might reveal something that's been overlooked in the past. Yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one, obviously, is to get people from uh, other places, other states or even other countries who have no history of this, who haven't followed the case and come in with, uh, as you say, a completely uh, new pair of fresh eyes. I think the other part of it is that from a p- outside perspective, people looking in, they do want to make sure that there's a degree of independence in a cold case review that we do internally. Mm. Commissioner, is there a time frame on this, a start time, and obviously duration will be uh, whatever it ends up being? No, well, the Assistant Commissioner who's responsible for this now will be having a look at all the material, and some work has been done in the background over the last few months, so he'll get that. Then I think within about three weeks, he'll give me an idea about how long this might take Mm. and the scope of the resources, because we're probably likely to have to bring in independent forensic analysts as well. So if you say you've got these uh, resources coming in from from elsewhere, will this be a full-time job for them? Uh, yes, it absolutely will be because, uh, and I think one of the things about cold case reviews is they can go on for a long, a long amount of time, you know, months or years, and we do need to sort of try and bring this to a reasonable place, I think within about 12 months or so. Yeah. Mm, because, I mean, we can't really put a price on how much an investigation like this would cost, but is this, the, is this what Lloyd Rainey has called for, a review like this? Well, I think uh, he's probably called for a more independent judicial review, and we're not going to stand in the way of any other reviews. But uh, one of the things I pointed out this morning was that uh, the police and me as Commissioner of Police in Western Australia are responsible for investigating homicides in this state, and that's our primary responsibility, so we will get on with that. If other people want to have other types of reviews, they can do that as well. Mm, Very high-profile case and a lot of emotion surrounding this one in our city. Uh, Commissioner, good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for your time this morning, guys. The Juice. <laughs> oh, you tell. Let's hear it. Give me the details. Now, no doubt when I play this little tune for you, you're going to be really familiar with it. It is none other than Vance Joy's debut single, Riptide. Yep. That song yep. is now the longest charting song in ARIA history, mm. right? This weekend clocked up 107 consecutive weeks in the ARIA Top 100, beating Lady Gaga's Poker, Fa- Poker Face yep. and Black Eyed Peas' I Got a Feeling." Great record for, uh, well, his real name's James Keogh. How good's that for a young Aussie? It is oh. unbelievable. I mean, Rip- Why, it, Megan Trainor's going to beat that. Riptide. <laughs> Which one? Future Husband? Oh, Rip- they're all the Stop same song. Stop saying that title. I think you're deliberately <laughs> saying that title because you know that starts the earworm for me. Me? Yes. Come on. Now, Riptide has not left the top 100 since it was released in April 2013. Oh, like, that, that was a long time ago for it still mm. sitting take, in the top 100. Take that, Gautier and Kimbra. Yeah, especially it cost James or Vance Joy, it cost him 700 bucks to record that track and it's mm. sold three and a half million worldwide so far. Well done. Mm. Like 700 Brilliant. bucks. He's got a good return on that. His well, second single wasn't as big. 
Yeah, there was, uh, I think, back in the countdown era, I Got You by... Um, oh, Split Ends. Split Ends was, yeah. was like 10 weeks at number one. Yeah. Mm. So... Um, that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. <laughs> no, right. It's the only music stat I know. Right, I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty good, Molly. I was just making it up. Oh, I like that. Uh, bit yeah. of a follow-up. Anyway, back to you. Well done. Bit of a follow-up on Chris Brown. I mentioned to you last week that he had a stalker. She got into his home while he was away, slept naked in his bed, spray-painted his car. This is the R&B guy, not Dr. Chris Brown. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, she has been charged, the 21-year-old. She's out on a $50,000 bail and she faces several years in prison. And Chris Brown publicly shamed her by posting her photo on Instagram saying, here's the crazy individual who broke into my house. So that's how much it'll cost you a few years in prison if you stalk someone. And Dave Grohl, we speculated on the reason that Dave Grohl was not part of the Kurt Cobain movie, Montage of Heck. And we thought maybe they weren't as close as people had let on, or perhaps Dave didn't support the idea of the film because it was a very candid look at Kurt Cobain's They didn't like each other. Well, it turns out that he just missed the deadline. Oh, <laughs> so did he really? The, apparently, Grohl sat the interview with yeah. the movie director three weeks after the film was completed. So, oh, so there's no big battle with Courtney Love or anything going No, on? they approached him oh, like okay. two years ago and right. said, do you want to be a part of this film? And he went, oh, yeah, I'll get onto that. Didn't do it in time. Mm. And so then he sat for an interview and the director says, look, he was really great, but he sat for it three weeks after I'd finished it mm. and it was too late to include it. But I mean... It also sounds a bit dodged to me because still, it's Dave Grohl. If you put Dave Grohl in your movie, that will increase your audience. Well, that was the same thing that Neil uh, Finn had with oh, Tim Finn in the um, oh, Split Ends um, Literally documentary. Brother. <laughs> All right. Now, Shane, uh, I hazard to say you actually said to me at the start, oh, I've got a little something for you in this bit, this, but now following your... No, this blows <laughs> me away. Uh, the new TV sitcom being made, 12-parter, Uncle Buck, yep. is being oh, made into great. a sitcom, uh, African-American family. So okay. very oh, different switch. Around. Very different switch on things. Well, and it's pretty hard to replace <laughs> John Candy. Ever hear of a ritual killing? <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> What's his name? Spray? Yeah. Bug? Yeah, you, that's it. You've had your daily juice. Get the best of Clairsy, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO.